Hey there, welcome back. Today I return back to my coverage of Legend of the Galactic Heroes. We're going to cover episode 15, The Battle of Amlitzer. And I promise this time it's not actually about me not having content to talk about, because I have some other things that I do really want to get to, but I also just really want to talk about this. And I suppose this is going to be a first, but I really didn't like this episode. As a matter of fact, this episode contains all of the problems that someone can have with this show. And that just being that, oh, it's like incredibly cheap animation tactics, but also just like you try to give me the sense of a really grandiose battle, but it just like absolutely fails. Now, the last two episodes were all build up to this big battle where the Empire, led by Lohengram, is just going to like absolutely decimate the uh, Free Planet Alliance when they're on their quest to liberate part of um, the Imperial planets that are on the outskirts. And we've known for a long time that this is coming. This is surprise to no one. And that the Empire is just like way ahead because the Alliance has their supply lines stretched way out and they're getting their ass whooped. Now, I will say this. There are two parts of this episode that I liked. The first is that it opens right up with Dvorak's ninth movement, well, ninth symphony in the fourth movement. Um, we'll hear this a lot and it's awesome and it's when the Empire is about to like make its move and just unleash a can of whoop ass the second is the introduction to Poplin he is one of the Spartanian pilots and the Spartanians are a really cool idea uh, you know how in Star Wars they have like the X-Wing and like you're looking at the X-Wing and you're thinking why are there wings on it? Aren't they in space? The Spartanian is kind of an answer to that, where it's basically this um, metal, I guess you could, not cube, but metal, like, rectangular device that, um, like, shoots lasers and missiles out of it and flies around, and it's just, like, a really interesting design, and Poplin is, like, a a pilot that we see from time to time, but I really like this scene because it just illustrates all the problems that the Alliance was having without being a little too overt because Poplin and all the other Spartanian pilots have been rushed out into battle with their Spartanians basically not properly equipped, hinting that it was a very rushed operation. They were mostly caught off guard and they were not planning. Poplin's friends die, and he's just like, well, okay, this is a bad battle. And this is a very bad battle. It leads to a battle of attrition between, like, you know, not a bad battle of attrition, but it's just like a failed operation on behalf of the Alliance. And, yeah. And I guess I kind of, there's not too much to talk about, like, what happens within the episode. Um... And this is sort of where I have a lot and a lot of problems. Is that the fight choreography is terrible. 
it's cool to see Spartanians flying around, uh, shooting up big cruisers and like battling each other, etc., etc. But to add on is to try and build this sense of a grand battle. They just kind of have like a bunch of lights in the background and there's like explosions here and there. And we see this tactic used in a lot of shows. Uh, it comes up even in like Gundam Age, but at least Gundam Age had like good fight choreography. Uh, this has had like no fight choreography. It's like cut. Here is some ship blowing up. Cut. Here is like some missile being fired. Cut. Here is a Spartanian flying off into the distance. There's no sense of space, and there's no sense of conflict other than seeing a bunch of um, explosions here and there. And really, most of the episode just cuts back and forth between various command rooms where, um, like, various admirals and officers are commenting, mostly um, alliance officers just kind of being like, well, we're screwed, and imperial officers just being like, hmm, we're going to make a move, and I'm going to show how good I am at fighting the battle. And then just cuts to, like, ships firing lasers and then some shapes on a virtual monitor moving around. And, like, there's a big battle where between um, Young and Admiral Fisher on the Imperial side where you just see, like, semicircles. And, <laughs> like, the Imperials are just kind of like, oh, man, they've gone into a semicircle and they're going at our left flank. Time to turn into a semicircle ourselves. <laughs> it's like, this is not... This is not how you do a battle. This is bad. And, like, it hurts even more because I'm not entirely sure, like, what exactly is at stake. The episode's namesake, Amlitzer. I don't know what the hell that is. Is that, like, a is that like a zone in space? And it's just like, yeah, I can go back. I can read the novel. I can go and, like, read Wikipedia entries. But... That's not how you tell a story. Like, let's take, for instance, let's actually go back. Let's go back to the whole terrible way of presenting a battle, which is just, like, presenting a bunch of shapes on a screen. If they had presented a bunch of shapes on a screen where you can see where all these various fleets that they keep cutting to back and forth um, are at... If you can, like, chart out all, like, the planets and star systems that they're fighting in, like, that would have been dope. Like, I would have had at least a sense of what's going on, but there's not even that. And that's frustrating. And this does not actually build up on the strengths of the show. There's, like, the strengths of the show are just, like, small character gestures and interesting statements here and there. Um, I mean, yeah, there are some things here and there. Um, like Yang commenting how the Empire has so many talented officers. Like, and this is kind of like a bigger thing in the show where uh, the Empire has like so many interesting characters and it's like, they're like really pronounced and like really heroic because they're all just like a bunch of nobles and aristocrats. It's like a storybook. But on the Alliance side, is you just kind of have a bunch of people in drab uniforms. 
mostly multicultural, mostly like working class. So you have like a whole like set of like war heroes and people who you could like pick out of a fantasy novel. And then you have like real people on the other side who are just begrudgingly following um, like inept orders. And it's like, oh, okay, all right. And I don't like, I feel like some people say, yeah, that's the problem with the show, but I feel like that is actually kind of the whole thing about like the culture is in democracies, you just have like a bunch of commoners. Uh, and I feel like that actually kind of fits the show well. And I mean, I suppose it wouldn't hurt, like, especially with what happens later on, um, and how. I think that the show, to a certain degree, critiques a lot of this idea of, like, a one-man hero. But that's something that we can go to in, like, the late, late episodes. I don't really want to get into it, but I do think that it does start appearing. Um, And, yeah. I guess I'll just say, like, the thesis is just kind of like, history is not really being driven and written by, like, these single heroic figures, but there are, like, a bunch of other people who move alongside them that we just sort of obscure. Like, an example is the Civil Rights Movement. We remember a couple of names and faces. We remember Rosa Parks. We remember Martin Luther King. We remember Malcolm X. But um, if you actually think about um, how the Civil Rights Movement operated, it's a series of grassroots movements that happened at the same time and there are countless unnamed faces that you can probably meet but don't get put in the history textbooks um and we see that play out throughout the show um and it comes up like even later just sort of like who do we remember like, a lot of people die, but most people are inconsequential to um, our memory and who we mourn. Like, I don't know, like, several officers on the Alliance side die in this episode. And it's interesting. But although, I guess one other thing that I do kind of want to comment on this episode is that we see, like, interesting tactical play, almost like a chess match supposedly between these um between the various commanding officers and all like the smart people on the alliance side are just doing their best to set up um fleet movement so that they can retreat <laughs> because they know that they're going to lose the battle and they're trying to go back to Ezerlone and yeah so yeah the empire wins alliance loses and Next episode, we see a preview for uh, power changes in the Empire. So, I'm looking forward to next episode. And the last thing that I really want to talk about is that the version I'm watching is um, includes remastered footage, or basically newly animated footage, I guess to replace parts that had just kind of like, were either just like poorly animated or just, like, decayed or whatever. I think they were just, like, poorly animated. And it's really jarring <laughs> to switch between the two. 
it's not nearly as bad as the Zeta Gundam new translation compilation movies where you have like Gundam at its best looking and then old footage of Gundam. Um, not nearly that bad, but the change is really noticeable. And I think that if they animated the show in the new way, like, I, it would look worse. Because <laughs> I really like the old look, because the old look just has, like, a bunch of, like, depth to it. And the new, like, digitally remastered or digitally made one just looks flat. Kind of bad. Yeah, that's that's all I had to say. Thanks for listening. It's Jefferson signing off. You know how to hit us up. Bye.